Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where a six-year-old Angie and her four-year-old brother, Joel, were sitting together during church service. Joel giggled, sang, and talked out loud. Finally, his big sister had had enough. You're not supposed to talk loud in church. Why? the brother asked. Who's going to stop me? Angie pointed to the back of the church and said, See those two men standing by the door? They're hushers. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for a sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask Your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us as we talk to Your people today. Open their hearts and minds and give them ears to hear what Your Spirit is saying to this generation so they may be built up in the most holy faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is The Door is Open. Hi, Christy. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, back from a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? It is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it felt weird not doing a podcast. I think it was good. It gave me time to reflect on what God's doing and where God's going with things. And also, recently, yesterday, he gave me the title of this current podcast, which is The Door is Open. And what I want to talk to you today about is how God has given us an open door. Jesus said, Behold, I set before you an open door, which no man can shut. And I'm announcing to everyone who's listening to this broadcast today that you have an open door. God has opened a door that if you have the courage and the faith to just push on it a little bit, it will open, and it will lead to a whole other thing that God wants to do with you in your life. Most of us live in a prison of their own making, mm. a prison of their minds. And they believe with such fervor that things can't happen that they never try to do anything to make them happen. And that door that is actually unlocked and that you can just push a little bit and will open remains untested. And therefore, the blessing that God wants to give to you remains ungiven. So what I'm saying to you today is that God in this generation has set before us an open door, which if we have the courage to but go through it, will change our lives forever. What do you think, Christy? I like the comment that you made about we haven't even tested the door. We just assume it's closed. I think that we get caught up so often in the way things have always been, the way we have been taught, the way our minds think, our natural-minded understanding of things, and we don't ever go beyond what we have known, and therefore we don't recognize that we're in a prison. We don't recognize that there is so much more for us and available to us in God than what we are experiencing. We are brought up in a world that is 
not the way that God intended it to be. Ever since sin came into the world and Adam and Eve set the course of humanity on a path that was against God, things have started little by little to look different. And now, millennia later, here we are experiencing life in a way that is far from what God intended. And the wonderful thing about coming to Christ, and especially as we give ourselves totally to Him in this tabernacle experience, is that we kind of snap into alignment with what God has. And then there's incredible opportunities. Things look different. Things are experienced differently. There's a flow to life that the resistance seems to just disintegrate. And we recognize there are no doors, there are no barriers, there are no boundaries. We are free to just be in God who He leads us to be and follow Him freely as He leads us. And that's a a beautiful thing, a life without doors, without walls, without bars. Exactly. You know, there's the old story of a prisoner who's in prison and he's looking out the little grated window and looking at the birds and the blue sky and what he can see the window is only like eight inches square Mm. and he sits there for years longing for everything that is outside his prison cell until one day he accidentally trips when he's walking around his cell and he falls against the door (laughs) and the door opens and it turns out the door has been unlocked all this time He was just so convinced in his mind he was in prison and there was no escape that he never even thought to test Mm -hmm. the door that was actually open. He could have gone free any time. It's just that he didn't believe he could be free. And that's how it is with many Christian believers. They are so sure that they must suffer. They're so sure that there's no way out. They're so sure that they must stay where they're at that even if a door is presented to them, they're afraid to even test it because they think that outside may be something they don't expect or something that's not good. And they don't think that God has blessing for them. They think that their life is rough and should be rough and that actually made a doctrine out of it being rough. Well, you know, I'm sacrificing for Christ. And the truth is a lot of people are sacrificing because they won't believe God. God really has a lot of blessing in their life, and they just won't ever try it because their doctrine says it's wrong. And even if the Holy Spirit comes and talks to them, their doctrine wins the argument. Exactly. And they remain in this prison, this this mind prison, this doctrine prison, this denominational prison. You know, I have come to the point where I don't care what you believe. I only care about who you know. I just want to know if you know Jesus Christ and you hear his voice. I don't care about the fine points of your belief system. I want to know if you know the person that I know. Because if you know the person I know, if you know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, risen and sitting at the right hand of the Most High, then we have a common point of view. We think that Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to mankind. Best thing that ever happened to our life. And we both hear his voice. And so we tend to think alike in the areas that really matter. And we don't have to dwell on the fine points of some theology. Because we're dwelling on the most important thing in our life with this Jesus Christ. And therefore, when we listen to Jesus, our minds can be liberated. Because we don't listen to what we think, we listen to what he thinks. Mm. 
That's really true. Our minds are what need to be liberated. Our minds are what are bound up in this cell. And it is a lot of what we've been taught, a lot of church doctrine, a lot of just our own convictions about things that we think are right that hold us back a lot of times. And a lot of times it's also our understanding of God and his nature and what he wants for us. And our feelings of ourself of not being worthy or not being good enough or not being skilled or not having any significant thing that we can contribute to the world. God doesn't choose the perfect things of the world to prove himself. Throughout history, he's always chosen the imperfect things, the less things, the things that he can prove himself through. Parting the Red Sea was not something that necessarily drew attention to Moses. It demonstrated the power of God. It wasn't something that People could look at the Hebrews and say, wow, they're an incredible people. But they look at the Hebrews and said, wow, they have an incredible God. And that's the way God wants to flow through us. And we can't be limited by our understanding of our abilities or our understanding of God's nature. Because so many people, they see God as a big ogre up in the sky with a ruler ready to smack them on their wrist every time they do something wrong. But he's a God that is so full of grace and love that his heart is to give us good things. It's really important that we hear him and obey him and do what he tells us to do. But the beautiful thing about that is not only that God gets to accomplish what he wants to do on earth, but he also blesses us because we allow him to flow through us. He just delights to flow through us and live in us. That was his whole goal in creating humanity is having someone that he could take care of the earth with, someone that he could live in and through to inhabit this domain and to create a people that becomes his bride to take to the new heavens and the new earth. So he just loves it. He could perform miracles all over the world to make things happen the way he wants to, and often he does. But his delight, I believe, is in working through his people, the ones that will yield to him and do what he asks us to do. And when we do that, because we make him happy and his will is accomplished, he blesses us because we allow ourselves to be used. There is no greater life than just yielding yourself fully to him and doing everything he asks you to do. Exactly. You know, in the Gentile church age, which really wasn't supposed to happen, we were grafted into the natural olive tree being a wild olive branch. But we weren't the original plant. Mm-hmm. It's only because of Israel's collective unbelief that God put them aside for a couple thousand years and grafted the Gentiles in, because the Gentiles would actually hear what God was saying to this generation. Mm -hmm. And so we partake of God in almost a halo effect, Mm. because what was originally meant for the children of Israel is given to us in this church age spiritually. And the open door that God was going to give Israel naturally is given to us spiritually. And it was given to us by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Since the Garden of Eden, God had not indwelt mankind in a significant way. And Jesus, in order to perfect the church, went to heaven so that he could release the Holy Spirit to us. And we could be filled with the Spirit of God just as Jesus had been filled with the Spirit of God. And God began a process of bringing us back to our pre-fallen state of the Garden of Eden. That process began with this experience of salvation, where we could open ourselves up and say, Father, forgive us, for we have sinned. 
we believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, as our personal Lord and Savior. And when we did that, God would allow Jesus' sacrifice to work for us also. And we, being sinful people, could be covered with that sacrifice, that blood of Christ, and he would not look upon our sin anymore, and he would accept us back into fellowship. But wait, that was not all. Hmm. Fifty days after that came the Feast of Pentecost, and the spiritual fulfillment of that feast was that we would be filled with his Holy Spirit again. And the evidence of that would we would speak in other tongues, an unknown tongue that we never learned that God just gave us by his Holy Spirit. And we would yield the first fruits of our body to him, which was our tongue, the most unruly member of our body. Mm -hmm. Life and death are in the tongue, you know. Mm. And God began refilling us, remaking us in his image and likeness through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But wait, there's still more. <laughs> Tabernacles, a natural feast they used to keep with Israel, is now spiritually fulfilled in us in this church age. And that is where God comes and not only our tongue, but our hands, our feet, our mind, our, our eyes, our ears, everything about us becomes filled with the Holy Spirit and we yield ourselves fully to him. And that's how we come back into a pre-fallen state of sinlessness. Not us. When Paul says, not I, but Christ that lives within me, that's what he's talking mm -hmm. about. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. We cease from our own labors. We allow Jesus to totally fill us and that we just become a manifestation or revealing of the Son of God in our generation. And this is the marvelous thing that is happening with the tabernacle movement. We are beginning to experience God in us, and we become God with us, because Jesus now is able to fully just manifest himself, and we yield willingly. And we don't do our own works, we just do whatever he says, mm -hmm. whatever we hear, whatever we see, and things start happening. It's an amazing thing. I am saying that there is such an open door for those who want to have the temerity to just tap it. Mm. It's on really good hinges. It will move very easily. And there is an open door of tabernacles to this generation. We are stuck in yesterday to where we can't live today. And we cannot see the future because we're still in the past. Nobody goes forward by looking backwards. What God wants for us today is to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to restore man back into his image and likeness. And that reformation that Martin Luther started is still continuing today, and it will not stop until we see him face to face mm. and we know him because we're like him. God did amazing things through his people through Philip and Peter and through all the different people that we don't even know about. But that is not the measure. That is not the glass ceiling that we can't go above. God did not perfect the church in the first century. Terrible persecution from Rome came and drove them underground. And what God was doing with love feasts and holy kisses, the pre-tabernacle stuff, was stamped out and made to go where nobody could see it. 
and it continued underground in the catacombs for a couple centuries. And by the time it came out, there was a church that was strong and mighty, and they paraded in the streets of Rome when Constantine decreed that Christianity was now the state religion of Rome. Persecuted it for two centuries and then just gave up because they couldn't overcome it. And they knew that we were Christians by our love one for mm, another. We okay. stuck together. We had each other's back. We followed the Holy Spirit because that's the only Bible we were allowed to get our hands on. And today in this generation, God has opened a door for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see what his spirit is doing in this generation. Tabernacles is the fulfillment of John chapter 17, that they be, be one mm -hmm. as we are one. This is the time. This is the century that God is going to bring the bride of Christ together and form a perfect union with God and man. And people are going to see Jesus manifest in the flesh millions and billions of times over mm -hmm. on this earth, and it's coming very soon. Yes, it's actually already beginning. The interesting thing about the Feast of Tabernacles when the Jews celebrated it is that it was a remembrance of how their people lived in the wilderness for 40 years with God providing for them. So when they celebrate that feast, they build booths or temporary tents that they live in to remind them of that. And they thank God for the way that he guided them and lived in them. They were totally, totally dependent on God when they were in the wilderness. They couldn't even eat if God didn't provide the manna every morning. They couldn't know where they were going if they didn't have a cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by night. And as long as you stayed where that cloud was and where that pillar of fire was, you were fed, you were protected, you were guided. That's what the Feast of Tabernacles that the Jews celebrate remembers, the spiritual fulfillment of it is very much like it. It's a total dependence on God. It's going to where God is and staying close to where he is. When he moves like that cloud, we go where he goes. We yield ourselves completely to him, being completely dependent on him for everything, not taking anything into our own hands. Just like they couldn't provide food for themselves, but had to depend on him doing miraculously, we do the same thing. We don't do anything in and of ourselves. We do everything yielded to him. And consequently, we have blessing, provision, guidance. We have everything that we need. It's interesting because when the Old Testament prophets prophesied about the Messiah ruling on earth, one thing that is mentioned is that every nation on the earth is required to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. That's interesting that even at that time, God is requiring that. I think yes. that's significant because the whole point is coming to where he is and being with him. That's the whole point of tabernacles, is going to where he is, being with him, being led by mm. him, being under the cloud by day, being under the fire by night. So when we do that, there's that oneness that you mentioned. We come to where God is. We don't ask him to come to where we are. We go to where he is. Exactly. They had to go to Jerusalem to be with him, to honor God in tabernacles. In the spiritual tabernacle experience, we have to do the same thing. We have to go where God is. That means we have to let go of our own understanding of where he is and who he is and what he wants to do. We think we've got God figured out. I've heard so many Christians say, well, my God would never do that. Well, it's not about your God versus my God. It's about the God. And whatever the God exactly. is doing, we need to determine. We need to get where he is and line up with him. 
God says that with Him, all things are possible. That's why there is an open door for us when we're completely yielded to Him, because there is nothing that's impossible for God. And if He calls us to do something that seems completely out of our ability, it doesn't matter. It's not our responsibility to carry it out. It's our responsibility to be obedient to Him and do what He asks us to do and let Him carry the weight of the miraculous. There's nothing that holds us back from everything that God wants us to do and everything God wants us to be, everything God has called us to. And our minds don't comprehend the great things He has for us. The scriptures say that you can't even imagine the things that God has for you because He is so far beyond us And that means there is nothing that limits us. There's an open door that comes from finding where God is and going to Him and letting go of all of our preconceived notions, our own understandings, and grabbing hold of Him and trusting Him and going where He leads. Very much true. You know, if you find out God is someplace that you're not, that He's someplace else, what you need to do is change your position. Be willing to change your position. God was not going to meet Israel in Egypt. In fact, God laid waste to Egypt so Israel could come out and be where God is. So if you find that God is someplace else and you really desire to be with him, change your position, Mm -hmm. whether it's physically, mentally, doctrinally, church affiliation, whatever it is. The point is to be with God. You know, it's not what you believe doctrinally, it's not who you associate physically. It's to be with God wherever God Mm -hmm. is at. And that has made the most difference in my life. I always wanted to be where God was at, and I didn't really care what that looked like as long as I knew it was Him. And so I started out in a free will Baptist church that was very, very stoic. If I raised my hand to worship, everybody would go, (gasps) And then I went to a Pentecostal church, and I went to Bible college, and I grew there. But when I found out God was someplace else, I moved on from that place. And I went searching for God, and I finally Mm. found him at Tabernacles. You know, God has put an open door in each one of our lives. It looks different for each one of us. It's a different shape, a different color, maybe different thickness. But it's a door. And in this generation, you need to go through that door. You cannot stay where you're at because where we're at is not working. It's not satisfying the needs of our spirit or heart. We need to search for God like people search for gold. And all we're doing in this podcast is pointing to places that are promising to dig. You need to go get your shovel and your pick and go dig for yourself. But we're telling you gold is here. And so we're saving you the trouble of looking a bunch of different places and say, try this. We found it here. You can too. You see, I've understood in my life, basically because of my past experiences, that I expected to work hard to follow God. I expected sacrifice. I expected people to disapprove of me. I kind of got it in that mode of negative expectation. You know, I was going to follow God no matter what, but I knew it's going to be tough. I knew it's going to be a hardship. And so I just decided I'm going to go through it anyway. If I'm thirsty, if I'm hot, if I don't have a place to lay my head, you know, I'm going to do it because I love God, which is not totally bad. No. 
it got me a lot of the way to where I am. But recently, God has been correcting me. And he's telling me, I don't have hardship planned for you. Yeah. I don't have deprivation of your needs and wants on my agenda. What I have for you is blessing. And instead of expecting things to be difficult, why don't you start expecting that my blessings are going to come? Because that's actually what I have in store for you. And I've been thinking about that so much lately that I said, man, I've just, I've just had the wrong attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of got down because of the things I experienced. And a lot of us are like that. You know, we're just, we love God. We want to serve him, but we know it's going to be a hard slog. And we don't believe that things can change. But the truth is that God has blessings for us. God has good things in store for each one of us. If we will listen to his voice and obey on time what he said. That's the key. That is the key. Yeah. You got to be willing to change it up. You got to be willing to step out of your rut, even if it's uncomfortable, and take a look around at the things that he's showing you. I know that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. You look at the news for more than five minutes, you just want to go crawl in a cave exactly. and you yeah. know, roll a stone over it. <laughs> but the truth is, even if they're true, that the world is going down... I'm not going with them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go up. Jesus has good things in store for me. And ultimately, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. And I don't have to go down to the path of hell with everybody else. I can choose to let Jesus lead me and take me up into the mountain with him. And that's my path. That's what I'm expecting I don't care if everything goes down. I'm going up. I'm going to be raptured. I'm going to be translated. And I'm going to realize that blessed hope. And even if he doesn't, I'm still going to be blessed. My path in the future is blessing. Because I'm going to listen to God. And whatever he says, I'm going to do whenever he says to do it with whomever he says to do it. And this is the difference. I'm not some amazing Christian that never makes mistakes, that never has a bad day, that never gets anything wrong. No, I am as fallible as the next guy. The only difference, and I want you to hear me on this because it applies to you. The only difference in my life is that when God speaks to me, I do it. And I don't have to understand it to obey. I just do it. And then God is able to do his perfect will in my life, despite my failings. And this is why this is so important to you, because it's something that you can do too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require a Bible college degree. It doesn't require a certain standard of holiness. It just requires that you hear that still small voice that is speaking to you right now what you need to do. And it's just step by step. It's not the whole plan at once. It's just the next thing to do. And if you will do that, if you will dare to touch that door and to believe that God can open it, you may find that on the other side is another life that you never imagined possible. 
blessings that you've longed for for years that you never thought you could get. And it's just you believing God and going through that door that is already opened. It's very true that as Christians, we think that our life is supposed to be about sacrifice. And I think we often misunderstand what Jesus and even the New Testament writers taught about sacrifice. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, lay down your life and come after me. Paul talks about our lives being a living sacrifice to God. And a lot of us think, I would be willing to give my life for Christ, meaning if somebody came up to us with a gun and said, deny Christ or I'll shoot you, we think that we'll have the strength and say, okay, I won't deny Christ, you'll have to shoot me. And in that manner, I'm laying down my life for Christ. But what if laying down our life for Christ means laying down our own ideas, our own plans, our own desires, our own understandings, and taking up His? I believe that's the sacrifice that God is asking. It's not that he's wanting us to live a life of misery, and that is our sacrifice. Our sacrifice is laying down everything that we think we are, that we think we need to become, and everything that we think is best for us, and taking up instead what he says we are, and the blessings that he has in store for us. One of the most profound spiritual lessons that I have learned is that I don't really know what I want as much as God does. When I really think I want something and I ask God for it, he'll often tell me, that's not really what you want. This is really what you want. Or he'll show me by demonstrating, not giving me what I asked for and giving me something else, which is always better. How wonderful would it be to line up with the person who made you, who created you for good things, who created you to bless you, who created you for a very specific calling on your life, which may consist of many different seasons of doing many different things. How wonderful to line up with that maker and live in the fullness of what we are meant to be. That's where there are no closed doors. And that's where we see blessing. We often think of those disciples that were in prison and singing hymns to God people who were offering a sacrifice of praise. They were sitting in prison thinking, oh, this is horrible. We've just been flogged. My back hurts. This is miserable. I'm so miserable. Let's sing praises to God anyway. I think they were truly praising God. Because they were in the will of God, I think they had the presence and the Spirit of God on them that caused them to sing from their hearts. It wasn't like they were forced to sing praises even though they didn't feel like it. They felt like it. I think their worship was true. They were feeling the blessing of God. So even in that, because God required a time of trial for them, and they were obedient to follow him in spite of the trial, he blessed them with an amazing joy and an amazing peace, and they created a desire to sing. And because of that true worship and joy and blessing that they were experiencing, the prison doors opened and they were able to walk free. That's what God has for us. There are difficulties in our life, absolutely, but our life is not supposed to be a life of misery. And if we're following God moment by moment, yielded to Him, when we do experience those difficulties, we're going to see that we are blessed, even in the midst of them. Exactly. There was a person who was supposed to fly to the East Coast yesterday, and their flight was canceled at the last minute. Now, originally, they're going to arrive home at like 1230 in the morning. And they were really kind of discouraged that their flight got canceled due to snow. But what turned out is that they got to stay a couple more days in the place they wanted to be. And now their flight gets them home at 10 o'clock. And everything just unfolded really nicely. Yeah, beautifully. It was better than it began. Yeah. I remember my son, he got in a severe accident where he rolled over like 10 times. And it was in the middle of a 100-mile stretch of nowhere. 
And guess who comes driving up at that time, actually saw the accident? Happened to be a nurse who got out of her car. He was upside down, properly got him out of his restraint, laid him out, and then had a cell phone that could call the emergency. Literally, he got a scratch on his knee. That was the extent of his injury. And I looked at the car at the towing lot, and the only place that wasn't crumpled was his driver door. Wow. And he was going to school, and he had his nice computer in the back. And what happened is they gave him enough money to buy another car. He likes that car, so he bought the same car, but two years newer. He got a brand new computer, gave me his old computer. Which still worked. Which still worked (laughs) and I used for years. And had money left over in the bank. Now, it was a thing that could have killed him. could have been a terrible tragedy. Mm -hmm. But because I believe God was with him, he protected him. And that's how it is for those who love God. It's not like they don't go through things. Mm -hmm. But the things they go through don't hurt them. Exactly. Exactly. They turn into blessings, and they're meant to be blessings. And if they weren't meant to be blessing, God makes it work out to be blessings. Mm -hmm. That has been true in my life so many times. My brother thinks I have nine lives because (laughs) bad things keep happening to me and nothing happens to me. Right. I'm going to begin to understand that we are not the first century church. We are not slated for persecution. We are slated to overcome the wicked one. This is our destiny. And not by might and not by power, but by the Spirit of God. It's true. You have been called to be part of tabernacles. You have been called to be filled with the Spirit to such an extent that you become Jesus 2.0 on this earth. It is your calling. I don't care what things have happened in your life. God is here now. And he is saying, come With me, I will make you the head and not the tail. My blessing I extend to you. You are destined for glory, my friend, not for destruction. You have need that no man teach you, because the Son of God dwells in your heart. Doubt is yesterday. Fear is yesterday. Faith And courage is today, and your blessing is tomorrow. Because God is about to do things in your life that you had never thought would ever come to pass. And you have the courage to stop looking at yourself and start looking at the open door that God has put before you. That's key. Many things, many things, all of them good are going to happen Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. All of them good, because God is a good God. And the more we line up with what He wants and where He is, we're just going to automatically receive His blessings. We're on a path that is marked by signs of goodness. And just because we can't see where it's going does not mean it's going to be treacherous. We're not marked by fear, like you said. We're not marked by doubt. When Jesus performed the miracle at Cana, He saved the best wine for last. Yes. And I believe that's very symbolic with what God is doing throughout history with his church. The best is what is coming at the end. Mm. God really wants his dwelling place to be with man, like he says in the book of Revelation, but he wants it to start now. 
And that's what the tabernacle experience is all about, connecting with God in such a way that John 17 has fulfilled the prayer of Jesus, that we would be one with each other and we are one with God and God is in us and we all become one. That is what is happening right now. And that is the best, safest, most wonderful place to live. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. There can be multiple pandemics. There can be famine. There can be earthquakes. When we are with God, we are safe. Doesn't mean we won't have trouble. Doesn't mean that our house won't fall down around us. But if we are meant to be on this earth and continue to carry out his purposes, he will take care of us and he will bless us and he will provide for us. And what is inside of us is not going to be fear. Yes. That's the most important thing. Our minds and our hearts will be at peace because we're aligned with the Spirit of God and we're one with the Spirit of God. We're one with each other. We're one with the Spirit of God. And that's the new wine that brings us into a place that transcends everything that's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what happens around you when you have the peace of God in your heart and your mind, and you have the love of God that fills you and heals you and flows through you. Nothing that happens around you matters. And the way we get there is we walk through the door that God has opened and lay aside our preconceived notions, our ideas, our intimidations, our fears, our lack of faith, our feelings of unworthiness, and stop looking at ourselves and look at what God is pointing us to and walk through that door. It's an amazing adventure, and it's nothing like you've ever experienced before. Being in the flow of the oneness of God is the most absolutely wonderful place to be, full of joy, full of peace, marked everywhere by love. That is the nature of this move is love because God wants his dwelling place to be with man. God's dwelling place is with you and he wants to walk in that with you today and wants you to know that he has filled you with his love and that love carries you and it flows out of you and it overcomes everything in the world. It's true. In these latter days at the end of the church age, God is raising up a people who will know his voice and do his will to an unprecedented degree. We are going to literally be Jesus walking this earth once again. As the Spirit of God was in Jesus reconciling the world to him in the first century, the Spirit of God is in his people finishing that task. We have been given a responsibility to be the oracle of God to this generation. When we see the media, when we see the movies, when we see the music, most of the time what you're seeing is a manifestation of Satan. And Satan is trying to belch forth such filth, such obscenity, such unbelief, that you feel like you're drowning in a sea of doubt and unbelief. And God is raising up a standard. And the standard is not coming by man's wisdom. It's not coming by study or by going to some person who's wise beyond their years. What it's coming by is direct connection to the Spirit of God individually. Mm -hmm. This is what God is doing now. The unity of the faith comes not through unity of thought or doctrine. It comes through a shared personal experience with one God. We tend to agree on what we think God is because of our experiencing him. He is one person with a nature and a the way he does things. And through our personal experience with him, we begin to form a shared collective understanding of the Most High. It doesn't come from man's understanding or reasoning. It comes directly from his Holy Spirit. And so 
When you're listening to me, I'm not talking to you from some prepared theological dissertation. It's what the Spirit of God is doing right now. And the authority is not printed on a piece of paper. Mm. It's derived from the witness you have in your spirit as to what I'm saying. You will either bear witness or you won't. And when you bear witness, it's not me. You're witnessing God. You're witnessing the Holy Spirit. And so we don't need to rely on what we think is right anymore. We simply obey the Holy Spirit and do what God does. Now, if God says to go and push on an impossible door that would never be unlocked for anybody you ever knew in your own life, go and push on it. (laughs) Try it. See what happens. Yeah. In my life, I have done so many things that nobody thought would work. And I said, well, yeah, but I think God's telling me to do it. And I just do it. And sometimes to the last minute, it looked like disaster, but then God would bring goodness out of it. It's not got to do anything with me. It's just that God was right. And you want God to be right in your life, Mm -hmm. and you want to just listen to him and do what he says. Anybody can do it. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous. You Mm -hmm. don't have to be a certain gender. You don't have to live a certain place. You don't have to go to a certain church. All you got to do is know a certain God. and. Yahweh, the creator who spoke everything into existence, wants you just to listen to his voice. And that's amazing. It just simplifies everything. It really does. I used to get weary of study. But now what I do is I just listen to a person. And when I need information or when I need instruction or direction, he just tells it to me. And I just say, okay, thank you. And I do it. And it works out. And that's all there is to it. I just need to listen to the guy who did everything. And when I do, invariably, it works out. Sometimes in some really odd ways, but it does. And if I make a mistake, it's okay. I tried. I'll do better next time. God isn't blaming me for for being human. He's delighted that I even tried. Exactly. And his grace covers our mistakes and takes us places that we couldn't go if we didn't try. You can't get to a destination if you don't move. And if you're afraid to move because you are afraid you're going to mess up, you're stuck. The way that you move is you start to go. And if you're off the course and you're listening to God, he'll tell you how to get back on course. There's nothing to worry about. We're going to make mistakes. We're Mm -hmm. going to to do it perfectly. But the thing is that we try. Mm -hmm. God steals small voices to steal small voice. Until you recognize it, it's hard to hear it because there's a lot of people shouting at you. (laughs) But if you get to the point where you recognize who he is, then you'll know which way to go infallibly. You know, I don't care who talks to me these days. I don't care what position they think they might hold. If I don't hear the voice of my father speaking through them, what they say to me does not make a bit of difference. You know, you can't be intimidated by people who are going the wrong direction. The only person that's going to make a difference at the great white throne judgment is Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. And he's the only person I need in prep. He's the only person that I really need to listen to. Now, if I hear my father's voice and somebody else is talking, I don't care if they're young, old, male, female. I had a person who had just slept with some prostitute the night before told me I had to repent to a certain pastor. 
Now, at the time, I had a difficulty with that. <laughs> exactly. Why would God and I use says, you? Why would God talk to you about <laughs> repenting to the pastor after what I just found you did? You know, he was in a towel in a brothel. <laughs> and then God spoke that. You know, it really tested me, but I knew it was God mm-hmm. speaking through him. And I just couldn't understand how that happened. That's the key, is you understood yeah. your father's voice. You hear your father's voice I mean, clearly. That was so tantamount of Balaam's ass, exactly. you know. And... <laughs> I repented to the mm. pastor, and he wrote back to me and said, yeah, I was just about to do that to you, too. Oh. Wherever I hear my father's voice, that I listen to. Everybody else, I, I really don't care what they say because it's not tending towards freedom. It's not tending right. towards God. And I'm telling you, too, that as you go about your Christian life, the only person you actually need to listen to is the voice of God. And if you are saved, and especially if you are spirit-filled and you want to enter into tabernacles, practically nobody is going to agree with you. And you're going to have to just cast your hope and your future on the Son of God. I think that there's an open door in just generation. We are at the end of the Gentile church age. I mean, the Antichrist is coming, and things are going to be kind of crazy And in the darkness that is going to prevail, only strong revelation will pierce that gloom. Only strong revelation will illuminate the path before you. And the only person that you can get strong revelation from is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That is the only source. And that's what you need to develop now so that when it gets really bad, you'll be used to hearing him. Right. The only one that we need to impress when it comes right down to it is Jesus Christ. And we can live our lives as people pleasers and trying to make sure that everybody likes us and we're doing what everybody else thinks we should do, but that's not going to get us anywhere when we stand before God. Or we can live our lives doing what we know God wants us to do and consequently making a lot of enemies along the way and still be where we need to be. Our goal is not to make enemies by any means, but when you're flowing with God, it puts you at enmity with the natural mind and with natural man. And friendship with the world is enmity with God, Scripture says. So if we line ourselves with the world and we feel like I need to be what these people say I need to be and I need to make sure that my pastor, my church, my family are happy with me, we're forsaking the truth and where we need to be. And we end up staying in that prison, letting go of our own preconceived notions and our need to make everybody around us happy is going to give us the freedom to walk in everything that God wants us to do. I'm just a guy standing outside your jail cell and saying, give the door a try. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You've got to get up and you've got to take your hand, put it on the bars and give it a shove. But I'm saying God says, open this door. And if you want to get out of the prison of your mind that makes you miserable that keeps you from the things that you really desire in your heart, get up and try this. Try listening to Jesus. It'll be simple things at first. Maybe going giving groceries to your neighbor or calling up somebody you haven't talked to for 30 years or saying a kind word to a stranger on a street. It'll be small, little steps at first, but you'll begin to know your God through experiencing his voice. And I really, really encourage you to do this because nobody likes to be in prison. It's really boring. (laughs) But when you start listening to God, wow, everything starts happening. It's an amazing thing. really is. Beautiful existence. 
Well, I think that's about all the time we have in this hour of God's love. And we thank you for listening. We ask also that if this has blessed you, ask God if there's somebody that you think would be blessed by it too, and then pay it forward by just alerting them, sending them a text or sending them a link and share this word with them. Mm -hmm. We are all of one body. We are all of one spirit. And we want everybody to know the truth and to be liberated from prison. So exactly. if you know in your heart God brings to remembrance somebody you think could benefit, I ask you in Jesus' name to pay it forward. That's right. Okay? We love you so much. Mm-hmm. You are a great audience and you have a bright future ahead of you. God's opened that door and you're going to go through it. That's right. Thank Amen. you so much for listening. We appreciate it. This is Michael and Christine saying... Bye-bye. Bye.